Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. In today's episode, I chat with Dr. Sybil Mathai. Her word for health and wellness and her journey is health span. Dr. Mathai is a board-certified internal medicine physician who's currently working as a primary care doctor at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. She is a single mom with a 13-year-old son. She was born in India and moved to the suburbs of Chicago when she was only five years old, living there through high school. She attended medical school back in India and then moved back to Chicago where she completed her intern year, then moving to Delaware, completing her internal medicine residency. As you can imagine, the winters are very cold there, so she got sick of that and moved to San Antonio, Texas. Her interest in health and wellness started after going through a divorce in 2009 and realizing she she needed to take care of herself so she could take care of her son and prevent the chronic medical problems that ran in her family. She's always had an interest in preventative medicine, so she started talking to her patients about that, starting with the Couch to 5K running programs, eventually running two half marathons. She started working out to different beach body programs, the first of which was Insanity, and she loved it. This cemented her fitness journey. She tried a different variety of diet nutrition plans, but what really changed her view on health and wellness was the book Deep Nutrition, um, which is where she discovered intermittent fasting. She took courses in functional medicine with the Institute of Functional Medicine, loving their nutrition-focused way of healing people. She started speaking to her patients about different ways they can reverse diabetes, metabolic syndrome, gut issues, and it made a big difference. Now she's looking into getting a lifestyle medicine and culinary medicine certification so she can further her knowledge and be even better prepared to help others. Her belief is that we can live long, healthy lives with a focus on nutrition, fasting, and movement by improving health span and not just lifespan. This was a super fun episode for me to record. She and I met in person within the last year, but we've known each other for, gosh, about five or six years or more. So I really enjoyed chatting with her. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please follow her on Instagram at functional underscore wellness underscore doc. She posts a lot of lovely pictures of food that she's cooked. Um, and remember to follow along and subscribe to our episodes every week. Um, every Thursday, I release episodes. Leave a rating, leave a review or comment. I love seeing those comments and looking forward to connecting with you all soon. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. I'm here with Dr. Sybil Mathai. And a little bit about um, she and I, we met probably about five years ago or so on social media. And um, we actually officially met in person, I think about a year ago. No, not a year ago, maybe six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually <laughs> met and did yoga together. So it was really nice to finally meet her in person. Yeah. 
So welcome, Sybil. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. All right. So um, as I ask every guest on the podcast, what does health and wellness mean to you? So it's uh, been a progression over the years about what that means. I think for me uh, personally, uh, it's just living as long as possible, as healthy as possible, and doing that through, you know, different modalities, um, be it, you know, your diet, your the fitness, um, your functional fitness for me particularly, because I see a lot of older individuals in my practice. So we always talk about how functional they are and how the things they do on a daily basis can help them remain functional the older they get. Because I feel like, you know, our, our uh, I mean, everyone just seems to be getting older and living longer, but not necessarily healthy or like in a healthy way. It's more like kind of artificially we're kind of keeping people living longer, but not more naturally, I guess. So yeah, that's my, my little take on health and wellness. So you said, I know a little bit earlier, so you said your word is health span? Health span, yes. Perfect. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey. I know I've followed you over the years, so um, tell us a little bit about your background, um, what you went into, and then how that's shifted over the years. So I um, am, am an internal medicine physician, so basically, basically adult medicine, a lot of times the geriatric population, over 65, and um, I actually did my medical school training in India, and then I came back and did my residency in Delaware, um, originally grew, grew up in the Chicago area. So I did my internal medicine residency, and then after I was done, it was mostly, you know, residency for internal medicine is mostly hospital-based, there's not a lot as much of an emphasis on the outpatient area. And I was really interested in preventive medicine when I got out of residency. But soon after residency, I went into just hospital medicine because that's kind of what I knew I was most comfortable with. And so over time, you know, as you have a family, you're more like interested in your uh, lifestyle and like trying to optimize that. So I eventually went outpatient that was an adjustment, just trying to shift the focus from more acute medicine to more like preventative and like not subacute kind of, I guess, medicine. And so that was a mind shift for me. And for my own like health journey, um, it's just seeing how, uh, how, how getting older affected my parents to some extent, because uh, they're, I'm Indian, it's my background. And there's a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, metabolic syndrome in our family and in the general Indian population. And I saw that manifest with my mom and my dad. My mom in particular, she had a quadruple bypass in her early 50s. And oh, she wow. was a poorly controlled diabetic. She has chronic kidney disease. And then a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Now that does not run in our family whatsoever. There has never been anyone like with cancer in our family that we know of. And she's the first one. And I truly believe it's the lifestyle here and things that are affected her over time. And so my goal is like, I don't wanna be in that position where I have to worry about metabolic syndrome or 
like be, uh, I guess I try to prevent that for myself and just be the healthiest person I can be for my family. And um, that what shifted my focus into how I'm living as far as, you know, to how, what I can do to help prevent those things from happening. So I really focused on um, exercise initially. I tried to get moving as much as possible. Um, this was after I had my child and he's like, almost 14 now but back then I had gained like 50 pounds during my pregnancy and that was horrible and it took me a while to try and get to a place where I felt healthier so movement was initial and then I focused most more on nutrition and um, started reading about you know the whole low carb fat and like keto eventually and then I shifted over to more of like a pescatarian lifestyle and then did a lot of reading on nutrition and fasting as well and fasting for longevity. And so right now I'm at this stage where I kind of do more of the time-restricted eating and movement more for um, being more functional as I get older and um, just doing more research into that as far as like with Pilates and yoga and strength training, I feel like, is really important because we tend to lose a lot of the muscle mass as we get older. And I don't know. I guess kind of that's where I am right now is more focused on the pescatarian lifestyle and the time-restricted eating and kind of more like a functional movement. Um, that was a lot. I don't know. <laughs> it's a place. I'm sorry. No, I definitely understand. And, and what you said about your mom and the medical issues that she had, um, that, you know, really spoke to me because that was what made me very interested in the integrative medicine, um, lifestyle was because my dad had a lot of medical problems and he comes from, you know, his family has, has a lot of, um, heart disease and, um, diabetes and that sort of thing. And so, um, that was initially what was my impetus to get started in more of a lifestyle change for myself, because I, just like you, I have a son and I want to teach him better lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important because I, I don't know what your, um, childhood was like growing up. But for me, exercise and eating healthy was just never important for my family. And so I definitely wanted to change that in mine. So um, oh, yeah, see a lot of similarities. So, mm -hmm. so tell, tell us a little bit about, um, so you spoke about doing outpatient medicine. And then um, now I know, since I follow you and I'm friends with you, I kind of know that you're, you're like me a lot about like, you know, you do a lot of fitness and cooking and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. did you do any additional training or certifications? Um, tell us a little bit how your practice has changed. So I uh, looked into functional medicine. So it was through the IFM, the Institute, Institute for Functional Medicine. And uh, I did their week-long training in DC a few years ago. And then I also did a couple of modules on like cardiometabolic syndrome. And um, I found it fascinating. And I found like, I, it was just nice to be around like-minded people who thought, oh, traditional medicine. There are great things about traditional medicine, but there's a lot that can be done with more like integrative or functional medicine where 
you don't have to necessarily go down the traditional route. There are other options and that there's a focus on nutrition, which is a big part of what I think is most helpful for uh, health span in general, because um, I think, you know, that's kind of how we were. I mean, back in the day, that's what we focused on is like what we're eating and I don't know, over time, just things became more processed and we just kind of fell off that track of what our body actually needs to be fueled properly. And so functional medicine kind of opened my eyes about that. Um, and then I kind of um, shifted more towards lifestyle medicine and that interest has piqued me. Uh, I was supposed to actually attend a conference in Boston for lifestyle medicine in June. I'm not sure if that's still happening, but uh, my interest is more focused on um, how you can change the, your behavior, change your patterns and kind of build a better general habit as far as nutrition and movement is concerned where you can incorporate that for the rest of your life and just live a healthier lifestyle going forward. Um, my only, you know, functional medicine I found to be interesting is just, I could not honestly see myself or like me telling patients over the long term to take as many supplements as they kind of push. And I, that's kind of what pulled me away from that because even myself, like I, I have so many supplements because over time I just kind of collected them. And then, you know, I do it for a little while, but I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't do this forever. There's no way. Like my patients are on so many medications and, you know, half the time they have a hard time remembering to take prescription medications. So right. I don't know. I always find like practically that's just not something feasible. So I feel like if you focus more on, what you can get out of nutrition and like the foods that you eat and the combination of foods, it's, it's something that's easier to do rather than take supplements. It's a more natural way of like healing your body or fueling your body. So yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. I'm, I mean, I, I work with my patients too, if they're open to it. Like I kind of gauge how open to they are towards um, non-traditional ways of, um, improving their lifestyle in general and it's works in, in some aspects you know you got to find the the right patient yeah so yeah. it has been a I can't say maybe 20 percent of the time I get through to a patient or I like have recommendations for books they can read or we go through a little process of like checking in and see how they're doing with some recommendations and I've had a, some success with it and I thought oh this is something the people would be open to, I think, over the long term. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you um, talked about functional medicine, that was kind of um, a few years ago when I was um, looking into doing something different. Um, I was in between integrative medicine and functional medicine. And like you, I think, um, I think there's a lot of good in functional medicine, but it definitely is hard to keep up. And I want to be able to practice what I'm preaching. And so, so yeah, for me, exactly. I think the movement aspect was very important. And it's interesting because you talked about doing lifestyle medicine and the nutrition and all that. And I have found over the years since, you know, going into more of an integrative medicine, um, just learning about it, it's just kind of 
opens your eyes to all the possibilities and you almost want to literally do every single certification because everything sounds amazing. <laughs> That's so like, true, right? Yeah, like lifestyle medicine. And then my friend told me about culinary medicine or food. Yes, medicine. culinary medicine. Like, oh <laughs> and then obesity medicine. I mean, it's all like, you know, it's all similar in some aspects, but yet so different that it's almost like you want to do a little bit of everything. I almost wish, and I mean, at some point, I'm sure in the future, they will have like official ACGME fellowships for all of this, because I mean, I think- I totally wish. Yeah. I wish we had something like that in our training, honestly, because there was nothing. I don't remember anything really. I mean, maybe a little bit, but- yeah, I think like during the time that I was doing residency and my background is I did anesthesia residency at um, my program or at, at the um, university that I was at, there was an um, internal medicine, preventative medicine type of combined uh, oh. residency, but mm-hmm. I didn't know about it. And, um, and, you know, when you're in medical school, it's it just feels like everything is just so much information overload and then all of a sudden you have to decide your specialty <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah. like for me I didn't really like being on the wards I didn't really like internal medicine but had I known what I know now um, and known that there were other possibilities out there I might have chosen a different path you know yeah I know I mean yeah. it felt like a rat race for you know medical school and residency so it wasn't yeah. more focused on the preventive I think preventative medicine in general doesn't I don't know it doesn't help you pay off student loans as well either so I don't know a lot of people go into that so it's hard you gotta really like love it and when you are you know in your 20s and trying to fit figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life it's really hard to make that type of decision you know that's true yeah so um Excuse me. Tell me a little bit about where, so right now you're, I know you're in San Antonio, so your practice is strictly outpatient medicine? Yeah, so I work uh, at Fort Sam, so the military installation we have here, and so I work with uh, retirees and dependents, of like active duty dependents, and um, most of my patients are over the age of 60, for sure, (laughs) so um, there's a lot to deal with a lot of the chronic medical conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and COPD and all that. So I try my best to talk to them about lifestyle as being still important. You know, a lot of times the 60 and over crowd, they think, oh, you know, it's kind of too late for them to kind of change anything in their lifestyle, but it's still not. I mean, there's still a lot of, so I try to instill that in them that it's still you can still make changes to improve your quality of life. I mean, there's no reason not to consider trying to do that. And so um, I, and then the younger patients I see, I screen them. I start screening them for metabolic disease early on, especially if they have a family history or they have the, you know, warning signs that I look for as far as like, abdominal obesity and so especially in San Antonio so we kind of have a large population of young metabolic syndrome peeps so we're trying to trying to turn that around as quickly as possible and not fall into like the oh my parents are diabetic so I'm probably going to be diabetic so why do anything about it kind of mentality 
And so my, I, that's kind of where I, I try to make a difference instead of always pushing pills, which, you know, they need to be on some of them, but I'd like to try and incorporate the lifestyle aspects. So that can yeah, just be some of, it, some of it is also learning like how to coach them yes. for them to realize yes. that, you know, it isn't too late and they can yeah. still make those lifestyle changes. But, yeah. You know, I, and I focus on food a lot and I'm like, my goal eventually is to try and do like cooking classes and mm-hmm. um, try to make it feasible, like it make it something that's doable, you know, not out of reach because, yeah. you know, they, I don't know, a lot of people have the concept that being, eating healthy has to be expensive or complicated and right. not necessarily. So that's, I think the biggest hurdle is kind of the. I don't know, the mentality, just the mentality aspect or that, you know, block to like how accessible these things are. I think it's just um, the effort is the hardest part, you know, I mean, yeah. so as, as everybody in the nation is undergoing this quarantine or social distancing, um, we've actually been cooking all at home and we maybe did did take out once, but um, we've been doing weekly groceries and cooking at home. And right now I'm like you, and actually it's funny because I saw one of your posts, I think uh, maybe a month or so ago that mm-hmm. you were saying that you're a lacto-ovo-pescatarian. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that that's what I'm doing too, because I stopped eating meat, um, I think back in November, but I still eat you know, some milk and some egg products. And, um, and so when you had made that post, I was like, I'm just like her. And so I haven't had any red meat or any type of meat, um, since November. And, um, you know, with this, uh, social distancing thing, we've been just cooking from home and it's not really been that hard. I mean, the hardest part I think is finding a variety, but in terms of the cost, it really is so much more cost efficient to cook at home. And, you know, I'll try to be a little bit more, you know, um, try to try to do things a little bit differently. If I have leftovers, I'll try to turn it into a different meal. But I think mm-hmm. that's like kind of a misconception, right? Is that like, it's just so hard and it just costs too much money. And I mean, yeah. certain things I want to, you know, spend a little bit more money to get organic. But other than that, I mean, I have, I think, you know, because we've been at home, we haven't spent hardly any money. So I think, yeah. I think it's like educating people that it is possible. It just requires a little bit of creativity. Um, but in terms of the cost, I don't think that should be prohibitive of them, you know, um, making it a positive change in their diet. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know, demonstrating and like in that way, I think a lot of people are visual learners to some extent too. So demonstrating in a way they can understand too kind of helps for them to like incorporate that into their lifestyle so yeah so um I've I've like I said before followed you for a while and so I love all the pictures that you post of all your cooking and things like that (laughs) tell us a little bit about how you got into all of like the cooking aspect of it so I would be the helper for my mom growing yeah. up in the kitchen. I don't know. I was the middle child, so well, I am the middle child. But uh, and my sister and I, she's the oldest. My brother's the youngest. And, and there's a year and a half between my sister and I and about two years between my brother and I. But I was always designated the helper. And so 
I'd be the one chopping things for my mom and just watching her cook. And she's a self-learned cook. Like they moved here from India in the 70s, early 70s. Well, no, mid 70s. She's a nurse, a retired nurse. And so it was hard for my parents um, being here and adjusting. And so she wanted to be able to cook the kind of meals my dad was used to in India. And so she learned on her own and she's a great cook. And mm -hmm. so I, uh, that's where my love for being in the kitchen and cooking and food in general started. And mm -hmm. so um, after I, you know, started a family and stuff, I wanted to try and do that for my family. And, you know, over time, it's been more of a health journey and being more health conscious as far as cooking and incorporating my like Indian background too, because I think there's a lot of benefit from the combination of ingredients that are in Indian cooking. For me, it's South Indian. We're a little more, um, I don't know, it's very tropical where I'm from. So we incorporate a lot of coconut and a lot of spices and seafood because we're coastal. So um, mm -hmm. that's gotten into my cooking quite a bit. And, you know, for my son too, to be able to do that as he gets older, to be able to be independent, be able to cook for himself in a healthy way. So he's not playing catch up kind of like I did for to some extent as far as health wise and cooking. But um, that's where my love, excuse me? Is he helping you in the kitchen? Yes, he does. And uh, you know, I've taught him some things to try and do when he gets older and on his own. And uh, he loves eating healthy. I mean, I'm like, wow, I'm happy. <laughs> he loves salads. And I'm just like, okay. That's what my son is too. It's funny. <laughs> He's like, ooh, broccoli. <laughs> he gets super excited about broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> I know. I'm excited about it. I'm like, wow, that's great. Because my parents really didn't focus on that growing up either. I mean, we weren't really a go out and do stuff and be active and like, you know, kind of a, we ate mostly at home though. That is one thing. Like I feel like what I ate growing up was pretty healthy because most of it was at home. We rarely ate out. And so that aspect of it, I kind of wanted to carry over too. And so my cooking, I think there's a lot of Indian influence because that's what I love. <laughs> and so that's what I'm used to. My son loves Indian food too. So that makes it easier. Um, healthy versions of Indian food is kind of healthier take on it um, in general. I did notice like when my, I took my son to India when he was five that the food was just so much, I don't know, it, it was just fresh. And so I didn't have the same issues eating that there than I do here, which really opened my eyes to like how ingredients and the quality of ingredients make a big difference. So I try to focus on that too, as far as cooking. That was definitely my experience. I've been to Vietnam twice and that's where my parents are from. And um, both times I've been there, um, the food, just the quality, not necessarily the quality, but like you were saying, the nutrition and everything was just so much fresher. There was a lot of fresh mm -hmm. vegetables um, all the time and a lot of seafood and just the, 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 quality or just the way the food tasted, which is different. I don't know yeah. if it's water or what it was, but um, 
that's awesome. But, um, and I do love your cooking. I, I think I used one or two of your recipes that you posted and I think I asked you about it. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so earlier on, you talked about your mom, like, um, when she was in her fifties and she had quadruple bypass diabetes and all that stuff. Have you been able to make a positive change in her lifestyle and her diet? Oh no. <laughs> so she's a retired RN. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, medical people are some of the most stubborn people that I have had to deal yeah. with as patients. I know I could be that way too. And so my mom, so I didn't even know, like I was in med school when she had her quadruple bypass. And so med school in India. So I actually didn't even know because she knew if I knew like what was going on, her uncontrolled diabetes and headed down this path and I don't know, she, she knew I would be pretty upset about it. So they didn't even tell me she had oh it done. <laughs> I come home from med school on my break and I notice my mom like looks like she's lost weight and I can see the upper part of her oh sternotomy scar and I'm just like, huh? <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, really? You didn't tell me? Oh, and because I, I mean, to their credit, it was, I was in the middle of my, you know, exams and stuff and they didn't want to worry me, but I was just like, wow. But she, the reason she had the bypass and all that was because she was a very uncontrolled diabetic. She was not taking care of herself. You know, women, women feel like they need to sacrifice everything for their families, including their own health. And so that's what she did. And she, she's an RN. She gives out insulin all the time. She refused to give herself insulin to treat her diabetes. And it became totally uncontrolled, requiring her to have bypass surgery. So, Gosh. yes. So this is the woman I'm dealing with. So I'm trying to talk to her about this. It's been very difficult. I've been tr I tried. Um, I, I totally understand. I think um, we have a lot of parallels. I mean, my dad is the same way and um, very stubborn. And I think it's hard because he was raised, you know, a certain way, um, ate certain kinds of foods and he's a dentist. So he's, he's in, you know, the healthcare field. So he knows enough, but and he also is a diabetic. And so I completely understand. And, and I think, um, just have to keep on harping at them. My dad is finally, he never really grew up eating a lot of fish. And so I had to keep telling him fish is really very good for you, has high amount of omega-3. And he's just like, I just don't like the taste. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's hard. So I completely understand. Yeah. I mean, they're in India right now, actually. And, you know, to some extent, that's usually where she actually gets healthier as well as she's there than when she's in Chicago, which is like half the year, that's what they are, where they are. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I have to pick and choose my battles to some yeah. extent there. So. Well, tell us a little bit, we're almost out of time, but tell us a little bit about what's next for you. I know you mentioned your word was health span. So how does that play into what you want to do in the future? Um, what are you thinking of what's next for Sybil. I want to start locally as much as possible. Kind of um, my idea is to a, open up a way to, you know, easily accessible and easily doable way of like changing people's mindset about lifestyle and how they're eating and what changes they can make um, in a small way, like every day to um, 
improve their health span, basically, um, improve their quality of life, improve the number of years that they're healthy so that um, starting now and going forward, they have like the tools to be able to do that. And so I think um, my goal is to try to work with some friends here in town who are also interested in the same things to kind of have like cooking demonstrations, to have little meetings about things. Um, if people are interested to discuss like lifestyle changes they can make um, on their own, um, even potentially like opening it up to where we can do certain lab tests and see where I can help as far as um, making lifestyle changes or help be giving them advice about that um, to improve and prevent um, chronic medical problems. So I, I, I feel like there's a whole group of people here in San Antonio who would probably benefit over the long run uh, as far as changing their mindset regarding their lifestyle. So locally is where I want to start. Uh, right now, of course, with the whole physical and social distancing, that's not possible. So I guess uh, now it's just more like putting things on my Instagram page regarding yeah. health and lifestyle. Um, I want to get back into posting more about cooking soon. Um, I, f I feel like I've been on a pause for a little bit, just trying to get as much information about COVID-19. So I had to put some of that on the back burner. But yeah, so that's why I want to start locally and expand. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people here in San Antonio who are going to be more interested about um, their lifestyle and changes they could make and improving their health span in general. So, yes, that's awesome. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know if you're aware, that's kind of how I started this was um, locally as well. And I'm in Houston, so not too far from San Antonio. Um, that's why I started this uh, Wishwell podcast was initially um, my friends and I had decided to put together a conference about health and wellness specifically for women. And we had a lot of great speakers lined up um, to talk about lifestyle and nutrition. We had a cooking demonstration that was lined up. And of course, all this got put on yeah. hold. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, I'm still doing the podcast and I think it's so amazing to be able to talk to people like yourself um, about all the things that they're doing for their own health and wellness. And obviously this is just geared towards women, but it can apply to anybody. Right. So I'm, I'm excited for you. And I definitely think that, um, you know, you talking about getting started locally is a great idea. Um, I think that a lot of people are interested in this and don't really know how to get started. So I think with the group of people that we have, a group of physicians and healthcare providers that we have who are really interested in helping out people, um, we can really slowly make that positive change for everybody. Yes, very true. Very true. So let us know, um, you know, we're at the end. Uh, so let us know how we can find you and how we can contact you if you're interested in finding out more information. Um, so my Instagram uh, page, mostly really, um, I have two. One is just my regular SimSib, but then there's, um, I think it's functional wellness doc. You know, I haven't really done a lot. Of <laughs> Hold on. Let me just look real quick. <laughs> 
And I will be posting on our show notes um, how to reach you. So um, if it's on Instagram, we'll post how to find you. And I just have to personally say that, especially the functional Instagram page that you have, um, lots of amazing pictures of all the delicious food that Dr. Mathai cooks. And she'll post some recipes alongside with a little bit of um, information about the dishes as well. So I love Instagram. I love looking at pictures. So um, it's functional wellness doc on Instagram. Functional wellness doc. So I'll post that on our show notes. So if you want to follow her, um, any last words of advice or anything like that for everybody? Um, yes, it's never too late. I think it's um, for lifestyle changes for sure. It's never too late. So um, just start small, start where you are and kind of go from there. And uh, everyone stay safe. Stay safe. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time out to record with me today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Awesome. You take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.